There's no such thing as questions, just hidden answers. Stay tuned to PH Murder Stories as we revisit the inconceivable crimes that exist. Some listeners may find the following content of PH Murder Stories highly disturbing due to its graphic nature. PH Murder Stories does not condone nor promote violence in all sorts. Listener's discretion is advised. The kidnap and murder of Ji Ju at the hands of the Philippine National Police are among the most significant tragedies to hit the country during President Duterte's controversial war on drugs. Ji Ju, a South Korean businessman, and Marisa Morkicho, the house helper, were abducted together with Ji's SUV from his home in Friendship Plaza subdivision, Angeles City, Pampanga, on October 18, 2016. On the same day, he was brought to Camp Krame, the PNP headquarters, where he was strangled to death, cremated in a funeral parlor, and flushed down the toilet by policemen from the anti-illegal drugs group. Subsequently, the house helper was released the following day. After 12 days since the abduction, Ji Ju's wife, Choi Kyung Jin, received a text message from one of the kidnappers named Patrick Joseph Banyes. He demanded a ransom worth 8 million pesos. She reportedly paid 5 million on October 30, 2016. However, she did not give the kidnappers the remaining 3 million when they failed to prove that Jiek Ju was still alive. The kidnappers texted her, Game over, after choice non-compliance with their request. On January 8, 2017, the Philippine Daily Inquirer published a report on the alleged Tokhang for Ransom scheme, highlighting the PNP's alleged participation in the disappearance of Ji Ikju. In the article, Choi Kyung Jin urged President Rodrigo Duterte and former PNP chief Ronald Bato de la Rosa to help find her husband. A day later, de la Rosa announced that an unidentified police officer with the rank of Senior Police Officer 3, had been placed under restrictive custody in Camp Crame. On January 12, SPO3 Ricky Santa Isabel gave an exclusive interview to a popular television network where he denied his involvement with the abduction of Ju, and that someone from the PNP was after him. Later on, he surrendered to the National Bureau of Investigation. As suspicions about the whereabouts of Ji Ik-ju grew, the South Korean Foreign Ministry on January 17th confirmed that Ji Ik-ju was strangled to death on the same day as his abduction. His body was brought to Grim Funeral Services in Kaloocan City, owned by a former policeman. The following day, Choi Kyung Jin confirmed that the golf set found in the funeral parlor belonged to Ji. Initially, the golf set was located in Ji's SUV on the day of the abduction. On the other hand, the PNP anti-kidnapping group identified SPO3, Ricky Santa Isabel, and several other suspects in the kidnap slay of Ji Ju. On January 19th, PNP Chief De La Rosa confirmed the earlier reports 
about the involvement of several police officers that killed Ju. I, I am very sorry na nangyari itong krimineto at mga tao pa itong mga tao ko pa yung yung involved kung si kanila sa Korea yung kanilang customs and uh, traditions na doon na magharakiri sila pag sobrang iya ako hindi ko kayang gawin yan dahil sakit, masakit yan pag uh, gagawin ko gusto ko lang matunaw gusto ko lang mag-disappear dito sa mundo dahil sa hiya dahil sa ginagawa ng mga tao ko Meanwhile, the Department of Justice announced that there are enough grounds to charge SPO3 Santa Isabel and his accomplices for kidnapping with ransom and homicide. On January 20, a local court in Angel City, Pampanga, ordered the suspect's arrest. However, one of the suspects, named Roy Villegas, a senior police officer for, told news reporters that SPO3 Santa Isabel was the one that strangled and killed He also claimed that he thought the order to abduct Jiikju was a legitimate Oplan Tokhang operation. Due to the rising tensions and public outcry, the Senate of the Philippines conducted its investigation on January 26, led by Senator Panfilo Ping Lacson, a former PNP chief and the chairman of Senate Committee on Public Order and Dangerous Drugs. He implied that both investigations conducted by the NBI and PNP were different from one another, which might cause the cases filed to be dismissed. Ito yung worry natin na baka ma-weaken yung kaso because there are conflicting theories, even conflicting participants. Ano? E pagdating sa court, alam nyo naman doon, guilt beyond reasonable doubt. E pagka ganito magulo... Hindi lamang yung mga respondents, mga accused sa magugulo, pati yung mga nag-iimbisiga magugulo. My worry is, baka magsapper yung case. The country's law enforcers and investigators were under pressure to solve the case amid the public outcry that it caused. Unfortunately, in a hurry to solve the infamous case, the PNP and NBI have caused complex problems during the investigation. Former NBI Director Dante Giran described the conflicting preliminary results of the NBI and PNP as very glaring. Subsequently, the PNP is convinced that its own man, SPO3 Santa Isabel, is the primary suspect in the crime. However, the NBI seems to be considering the possibility that Santa Isabel is just a fall guy and that there's someone that's really behind the murder of Jiikju. The trouble began with two apparent parallel investigations with differing star witnesses. From the PNP's investigation, the star witnesses were SPO4 Roy Villegas and PO2 Christopher Baldovino. Both claimed that they were part of the operation to abduct Jiikju. The other star witness is Marisa Morquicho, Jiikju's house helper, who was newly hired days before the incident and was released a day after being abducted together with G. All three witnesses identified SPO3 Santa Isabel as the prime suspect. From the NBI's investigation, SPO3 Santa Isabel filed his affidavit with the Bureau, while another key personality in the case is retired policeman and funeral parlor owner, Gerardo Santiago, 
The Regional Trial Court issued an arrest warrant to Santiago while he was in Canada to visit his family during the time of the investigation. He later surrendered to the NBI and filed his affidavit. According to the testimonies of witnesses, Santiago was the one who suggested the cremation of GHQ's body and green funeral services. Santiago's funeral parlor in Bagbagin, Caloacan City, where the body of G was believed to have been brought, cremated, and the ashes flushed down the toilet. Consequently, SPO3 Santa Isabel admitted that he saw GHQ alive inside Camp Crame, and he strongly insisted that he was not part of the gruesome crime. He also claims that he is a mere fall guy for the sensational case and points to his former AIDG chief, Superintendent Rafael Dumlao III, as the modus mastermind. During the Senate hearing, SPO3 Santa Isabel said that he wasn't near GHQ's home at the time of the abduction. But legislators disputed Santa Isabel's timeline. On the other hand, Marisa Morquicho, the house helper of GHQ, said that she recognized SPO3 Santa Isabel from the day of the abduction. However, she claimed that she did not see Superintendent Rafael Dumlao during the time that she was captive. The evidence presented during the Senate hearing point towards SPO3 Santa Isabel's vehicle was in the vicinity of GHQ's neighborhood during the time of the abduction. However, he denied the claim and went on record that the model of his car, which was registered under his wife Jinky's name, only looked similar. When the CCTV footage from the abduction day was shown, Santa Isabel said his vehicle was tinted and had a carrier installed, as compared to what was seen on the footage. Furthermore, he told the Senate panel that he would not use a family car for illegal activities. Following the Senate inquiry, SPO3 Santa Isabel and his wife, Jinky, have accused Superintendent Dumlao of supposedly convincing them to take the blame and admit to the crime. In exchange, they claimed, Dumlao promised his eventual release. Ang pakay lang nito ni Attorney Dumlao, ni AKG Glenn Dumlao, at yung certain makapagal ay kukumbinsihin ko yung aking asawa na mag-confirm doon sa mga polis na, na isisenaryo nila na papatayin. SPO3 Santa Isabel also explained that he had a copy of an illegally recorded phone conversation between his wife and Dumlao. Both the senators at the hearing refused to play the recordings citing the country's anti-wiretapping laws. While Dumlao maintained that he had nothing to do with the case, the other star witness, SPO4 Villegas' testimony, seemed otherwise. In the second Senate hearing, Dumlao told the Senate panel that Ji-Ik-Ju was killed to silence him on the police extortion of Korean nationals in Angeles City, Pampanga. According to intelligence reports, Dumlao announced that the PNP anti-kidnapping group is looking into the alleged involvement of a South Korean man named Edward Yuan, who supposedly asked for a total of 800,000 pesos from Ji-Ik-Ju's wife. Dumlao revealed that after Ji-Ik-Ju's abduction came to the knowledge of Ji's wife, Edward Yuan approached her and initially asked for 500,000 pesos. Yuan said 
that the amount will be paid to the PNP Anti-Kidnapping Group and the National Bureau of Investigation to fast-track the investigation of Jews' kidnapping. Dumlao said, you on asked for another 300,000 pesos after the first payment was made, claiming it was intended for the former anti-kidnapping group director. Yuan was invited for questioning as he was considered a person of interest. Unfortunately, Yuan became missing and was never found. The police and the NBI have also clashed over evidence from the funeral parlor where Ji Ikju was cremated. The NBI says they did not find Ji's golf bag when they went to the funeral parlor without a warrant. A day later, after sourcing a warrant, the police entered the same funeral parlor and found a golf bag, which Ji's wife later identified as his. The NBI has hinted that it's fabricated evidence, a claim the PNP anti-kidnapping group denied. As for the wife of Ji Ikju, Choi Kyung Jin issued a heartfelt statement at the Senate hearing, asking for justice to be served for the slaying of her husband. Uh, justice must be served by showing that the criminals are being penalized and being punished for the offense that they are doing. I'll be keeping an eye out until justice is completely served and until the end of this case. It is not only the Filipino citizens, but all the citizens, Korean citizens in the Philippines and in Korea are keeping an eye on the situation. And my husband, who is in heaven, is also waiting for justice to be served. The impact of Choi Kyung Jin's statement added fuel to the ongoing public outrage towards the government's war on drugs campaign. Aside from the public's displeasure, the Philippine government got heat from South Korean citizens. Stay tuned as we dive deeper to uncover the identities behind the murder of Mr. G. Ikju. For further updates, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at PH Murder Stories and subscribe to our YouTube channel, PH Murder Stories. This podcast is brought to you by Revie Visuals.